0: Welcome to the podcast, No But Really. We have Lauren Dole with us. Say hi. Hi, everyone. The infamous Lauren Dole. I'm surprised you're not Instagram famous yet. It's not like an honor close. to have you here. Not even close. Um, Lauren has been traveling. If you follow her on Instagram, if not, you should right now. What is it? Lodo Fasho? Lodo for show. Fasho. Um, but if you know Lauren, you know that she's just been traveling a lot the past year, and a lot of people have questions about, like... How are you able to do that? All this stuff. So we are going to get into all of that and get some travel tips, but also hear kind of like the behind the scenes of Lauren that people don't get just looking at her Instagram. So I'm excited for Lauren to be vulnerable with us on the Know But Really podcast. I'm excited to uh, talk to you guys about it and to drink this rosé that Vanessa uh, poured for me. With the gummies. So good. So good. So good. Um, okay, so we have a game, but there's not like a prize because I just kinda got over the prizes. So I was like looking I around not, I am not over the prizes. <laughs> I was looking I around my like house. I'm like, I don't out. have anything
1: else to give people. I'll eat another cookie that's okay, so okay. my prize there's if I win. Always
0: cookies here. I'm very competitive. So you can have the whole jar of cookies. Um well it's not really like a winning losing thing. I mean, oh. whatever. It's more just fun. Okay. But I got it on Ellen that too. So well, I love Ellen. <laughs> so the game is um, finish the sentence basically from Google. So the Google search engine, when people oh type gosh. in like the first several wo- several words, what's like the majority search. Is that the best way to explain it? Okay. Is there real answers or
1: is this just like my guess as to what it is? There's
0: real answers. Oh, okay, okay, like perfect. Like if you Google the first, like when I tell you the first words when you Google them, like this is what pops up on Google. So this is okay. like what most people search. Okay, okay, I'm ready. is really fun. Let's do this. Okay, first one. Don't you hate it when? Your boyfriend doesn't flush the toilet. Ooh. A sentence doesn't end the way you think it, it octopus. <laughs>
1: what? This is, is that real. the answer?
0: Yes, this is real. This really pops up on Google. Oh, okay. Okay, next one. Help I. Help I. Help I am lost. Help I accidentally built a shelf okay (laughs) you accidentally (laughs) built a shelf these are like google searches this isn't me this is real people maybe that's just what you Mm
1: -hmm. did you google this yourself and then it popped up because it's what
0: eric and i both and i got this on ellen (laughs) really okay 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 okay
1: i'm finding this hard to believe i might have to test this theory
0: okay oprah has a nice ass turtle farm does
1: she really? <laughs> she really does. <laughs> oh, why don't I know this? My she mom loves turtles.
0: Really? Yeah, I
1: used I had a, two pet turtles when I went to Vanguard, but you're not allowed to have pets. Right. But they were the little ones that you get from Chinatown. That's completely awful, and I'm a horrible person. They died. But, um, anyways, there's next a lot question. of things you're not to do at Vanguard yeah. that you know that I did anyway. Yep, <laughs> totally.
0: We all did. Um, okay, Kim Kardashian is racist. Ooh. That was aggressive. Why would you say that at her? <laughs> she's a really nice person.
1: I just think maybe people say that. Mm. These aren't my opinions. She married a bad guy. I know. People say that she's like, you know, tries to be other people's cultures. What's that thing called? Culture appropriation? Mm. I don't know. She okay. tries to be. Okay.
0: Um, so a lot of people put Kim Kardashian is a hobbit. Okay. It's well, the number one search. I don't think that would have. I think mine seems a little bit more like someone <laughs> would accurate? Google that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, when I jump, I... Pee a little. Yes! You got that
1: one! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So it's not just me? <laughs> that is a real thing! <gasps> People pee who jump. knows me who's listening to this is going to be like, of course,
0: that's <laughs> the one she got. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe edit that part out. Just kidding. <laughs> There's no edits the allowed. There's business. no
1: edits. Perfect. All
0: candid. Is it wrong...
1: Oh, okay. Is it wrong that I'm attracted to. I don't wanna finish that sentence of so <laughs> <laughs> <head> right now. <laughs> this is a good
0: get to know you too. Yeah, it
1: really is. Is it wrong that I'm attracted to. I'm just gonna
0: say my dad, because that's like a Freudian thing. That's aggressive. Okay. Is it wrong to meet a girl in a dungeon? No
1: sorry story for that later.
0: Another <laughs> podcast. So you probably search searched them. Um, okay, two more. What does it mean when... A guy ghosts you. Your poop is green. Don't you ever want to know? No, I know what it means.
1: <laughs> I probably had asparagus that day. And a leafy <laughs> greens because I'm trying to be healthy.
0: Okay, last one. Or Indian food. Sorry, continue. I can't eat Indian food after India. Why does my... Why
1: does my, I keep saying boyfriend even though I don't have a boyfriend. I don't know why. All your Google searches
0: are boyfriend related.
1: (laughs) I I just think that that's what people say, but why does my, there's no contacts there, contacts there. Why does my pee smell? Hmm. Why does my dad turn me on? Okay, so I was so right with that other one mm-hmm. that's very full circle. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to
0: count that as like a half one. I'll give it to you. Okay, when you cool. said that, I was like, wow, that's, that's just, applicable. Yeah. That's
1: <laughs> applicable. Well, not now, but later.
0: Yeah, that'll, so that'll I come do? up in a little bit. How'd I do? Pretty good. I feel like, I know it sounds sketchy. Like when I was watching Ellen and um, I forget which actor she had on there, but they were doing it. And I was like, what? Those aren't real. And then I Googled some of them and I was like, wait, that really no. is like the auto, like auto completion of the sentence or whatever. It's a weird world Very we interesting. live in. It is. Um, so we're gonna just get into it because okay. I want to give you enough time. I try to keep the podcast, you know, somewhat an hour. Sometimes it goes over. You're limiting me now. No, I just have gotten c- like, like what's it called? Feedback of like, okay. hey, like so great. I don't have two hours to hear your friend's story, and I'm like, uh oh, what? But then I'm like, okay, I don't either. So I've tried to like make it like an hour, but you know, honestly. People can pause and get yeah, back. Yeah, people it. can pause. They can get out of their car.
1: Or they can get back in their car and then listen to it later. Right. I say, let's just go until we get bored.
0: Okay. Perfect. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so midnight, I also want to make a shout out to my one Canadian listener. I have a listener in Canada. Oh my gosh, amazing. Vancouver, Toronto. I don't know. What was it, Eric? Do you remember? Nope. Well, it was a one time. It was a one time. Out Canada. I know it's really excited. What's up? Is it Caitlin I... Bristow? Tell me it's Caitlin Goals. Bristow. She's no. probably
1: listening to your podcast to get ideas for hers. Shout out to Caitlin Bristow. You're my favorite
0: bachelorette. She was really good. But she did She's like sleep good. with like two or three of the guys. On Why the are thing. you slut shaming me right now? <laughs> you know how I feel about that. <laughs> Anyways, we won't get into it. Okay, so Lauren. You Vanessa. took a year, not really a year, because you started in August, mm-hmm. right? Um, traveling, mm-hmm. and you started your first trip was like Europe, and you went to Italy and some places. But let's like back up before we get into like that part, okay? And tell us a little bit because I think this plays a part in it. Tell us a little bit about like how you grew up and like what like what we were talking about earlier of like how you grew up kind of fearless, and um, that kind of plays a part in why you started traveling, I guess. Yeah. um, So essentially,
1: I a lot of I get a lot of um, questions, um, different things relating to my travel experiences. And a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you did that solo. Weren't you scared? And absolutely. When I jump on a plane and I travel 30 hours to Africa and I get there and I don't know a single soul, of course, I'm going to be a little bit scared, but something about my personality, which relates to how I was raised, is I try to jump into things that scare me uh, the most, and I also I don't get scared off that easily. So when I grew up, um, it was a single family home, and my mom had to work full time in order to support us, and at the same time, she still decided to homeschool me. Jeez. So yeah, so I would be at home a lot from the age of like. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, which, like, don't call CPA on CPS. my mom now. <laughs> CPS, is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. CPA, is up for animals? Don't call them either. <laughs> um, but essentially, home alone. And so my mom would be at work, and I would be kind of doing my own thing I'd be like off rollerblading and I lived in Richmond California shout out Yeah area um so it's a very dangerous area if you've been or you've seen Coach Carter or you Remember know anything
0: when I was talking <laughs> but, uh, to you about going to San Francisco and I was like yeah we went to Oakland and like I was so scared it was so gnarly like I was like so afraid to get in the train or the what's it called the, the bark. bark and you're like <laughs> You know, I grew up there, right? That's literally where I was born. (laughs) Shout out Kaiser Permanente. Um, But yeah,
1: so I guess like things like that. And I've also, um, Vanessa knows this, but I've also had a lot of, uh, I I don't know the word for it, but a lot of crazy things happen in my life. I've dealt with a lot of loss um, on a very personal level. And so I guess things maybe don't have, as much of an effect on me to scare me away from things as it might other people. Because when I think about very worst case scenario, I'm like, well, that's still better than some things I've already dealt with. So mm. bring it on. Mm. So um, yeah, I guess I just kind of grew up with the mentality of, oh, if it's a little scary, do it anyway. It's like,
0: mm. it's fine. Mm. It's fine, as it's my friends fine. always like to quote me saying. Because you not only like when you travel, you don't stay in hotels. You don't, no. it's not, um the way I would want to travel <laughs> <laughs> pretty open about the way I travel because <laughs> I like if I'm going you know to Europe I want to stay like maybe like an Airbnb but like for the most part a hotel
1: absolutely I mean don't get me wrong I love to say the way the like if my opportunity was to stay the card the way the Kardashians travel like I will do that during part of it. But to me, that's vacationing. So if you're asking me how I like to vacation, I mean, set me up with an all-inclusive resort. Right. 1,000%. But if I'm traveling, I'm traveling to learn about that culture. And you don't learn about another culture when you are just going on guided tours or when you are just staying at the five-star Hilton. You learn about the culture when you're meeting other travelers and you're when you're meeting other locals. And the easiest way to do that is to stay in villages. villages and just live where they live and to meet like-minded people like yourself. Mm. So don't get me wrong. I love to vacation that way. And I plan on doing that a lot throughout my life. Um, But I also do love to really challenge myself and go outside of my comfort zone and try out a culture that's very, very different from my own.
0: Mm. So why do you care? Why do I care? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people like Like even myself, I live in Orange County. Like I'm good. Yeah. You know, like, why do you care to see like what other cultures are like? I mean, that might be a harsh question. I'm not trying to be like aggressive to people who care, (laughs) but more like not everyone has that curiosity of like, what's it like out there? You know?
1: Yeah. I guess I've just had that curiosity from when I was a child. I read a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I was homeschooled Mm -hmm. and so this might sound lame, but my Sometimes my friends were my books Um, Mm. and I was really I've always been obsessed with Africa. Like I used to read these books about um, it was they're fictional, but essentially it was little kids who were um, within when there was slavery here. Mm. Um, It was like their perspective. Essentially, it Mm. was like the diaries of so and so. Yeah. And I was obsessed with those books. I've Mm. just always been very interested in people who maybe don't have a voice or weren't able to speak up for themselves or just different, a different way of life. And I think we we what am I trying to say here? Like we can only see the context of our culture from what we see. So if avocado toast is $16, I'm gonna buy my $16 avocado toast. But if I go to another culture and I see a way of living where they use $16 for an entire month of feeding them. I think there's so much you can gain and learn from that. And the everyone enjoys something different in life. And my biggest joy comes from meeting new people who are different from me and learning from them. And that's not always easy. And sometimes it's really hard and really challenging. But when I think back in my life to the moments that stand out the most, most. Um, it's always those moments where I've met someone who's taught me something because they're so different than the life I've lived.
0: Mm-hmm. So if I was someone that was like stalking your Instagram mm-hmm. so if we weren't friends and I didn't know like a lot of your story um, and let me know if I'm ever asking anything too personal. Never that's not But I even feel possible. like you're pretty open. <laughs> um, if I was scrolling through your Instagram I would say wow she had a really good job. Mm-hmm. She looked like she was in a really serious relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, lives in Orange County, like Phoenix now. She moved to Phoenix. Oh, wow. She has her own like studio or like not studio, but one bedroom apartment in Phoenix. She has like this cute dog. Like thank you. Y- Stella says thank you. <laughs> so it's like from a viewer looking at Instagram, you look like you had it all. And then as you transition up, mm-hmm. you see that there's no guy in the picture, um, that now you're just like in Africa. right europe and africa yeah. europe and africa and no dog and like no home right (laughs) so like i am homeless (laughs) (laughs) so i think my point is like do you even care to and if you do can you fill people in on the gap Mm -hmm. of like you look like you had it all Well,
1: I think Instagram always looks like people have it all, right? It's kind of like everyone's little highlight reel. And so you think these people are in perfect relationships because, I mean, I've done this and I think... Whether people are willing to admit it, I think a lot of people have where they just got in a fight with their significant other, but they have this photo that they really decided they wanted to throw back today or it's man crush Monday or woman crush Wednesday (laughs) or whatever. And they're like, well, I need to post this photo. So I'm going to be like, I'm the luckiest girl or guy in the world. And maybe you feel like that part of the time and stuff, but you just got out of having a really big fight with that person. Mm -hmm. But everyone looking at your life thinks, oh, my gosh, this person has the most perfect life. Everything is so great. And I think that that's kind of one of the biggest faults in this day and age and with social media I think it brings a lot of good and I'm a proponent of it I've learned so much from about travel and everything from social media and it's kept me in contact with people who I maybe wouldn't have gotten to stay in contact with but it also allows us to compare and to just show our highlight reel um and I'm hoping that transitions soon and I'm might be part of the problem because when you do look at my social media page it it might look a little perfect. Um, And that's fault of my own, but you know, from I I didn't. It wasn't perfect. There are all those gaps. No one wants to see the messy, right? Mm -hmm. And you kind of like judge people a little bit. It's like Mm -hmm. I'm depressed right now. It's like okay, enough with you. Like show me a pretty picture, (laughs) kind (laughs) Mm -hmm. of thing. And you can only show the negative when you do it in a funny way, right? It Mm -hmm. has to be something that people want to read and see, Mm -hmm. and there wouldn't be likes if people didn't want likes, right? It would just be photo, no like option, but everyone wants likes, people want followers and all of that. So you show the best of yourself in order to get the best results. Um but to fill in the gaps for me, um I did have a really good job, um and I did have a boyfriend and I thought we were going to get married and it wasn't the case and I'm We're both better off now. We weren't right for each other. And that was a really, really hard loss um, for me. I can't speak for him, but for me at the time, and it's taken me a lot of time to get over. um, And from there, um, I did have a good job and they moved me out to Phoenix, Arizona. And then... I ended up having one of the worst months of my life. I transitioned out of my job. I lost a very close friend. Um I lost my aunt. I um I dealt with uh, friendships that ended. Mm. Um and kind of, you know, people saying things about me that I that weren't true or mm. that weren't very nice. Um and financial struggles and just a lot. Yeah. And so I was depressed and I didn't get out of bed, but I am very, very blessed to have an incredible community and people around to support me and encourage me. And when I couldn't get out of bed myself, I had people around me who helped me out of bed and I had people around me who helped me, you know, make lemonade out of lemons or lemon shots out of lemons as I like to say (laughs) both are great both are great yeah and so I had that and I made a decision and I think this is important because I made an active decision to not let this month Mm -hmm. define my life or define my year and so from there I had already planned a trip to Europe that was supposed to just be a three-week trip and I had friends who I was going, who were going with me on it and then they backed out and I was like, well, I could just lose all this money and I could just be aimless and hopeless and depressed or I can just go and I've always wanted to backpack Europe and I'm just going to do it. And when I got on the plane at LAX with my dreams (laughs) in my cardigan, I was terrified. Mm. I had anti-anxiety medicine with me. I was so Mm. scared. And when I landed in Europe, I was so scared. Mm -hmm. But then I just, you just, you have to put one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And I just kept going. And my first stop, you know, after I got to the hostel, slept, my next stop the next day was Starbucks because it was my, it was was like a piece of home. It was Mm -hmm. safe. It was comfort. I knew what I could order. Uh And it gave me that little step to be like, okay, I made it to Starbucks, which sounds so silly probably, but now I can make it you know, the next mile Uh to the next place I get to. And I don't go backwards. Just don't go backwards. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I ended up walking like nine miles around London that day. And I met amazing people and then stayed out until Mm. 5am and, you know, met all these incredible people that I literally still talk to today. Mm. And so I think that's, that's what it is. It's a lot of horrible things happen in everyone's life. Mm. Um, Because, you know, whatever happens to you is the worst thing that could happen to you. So you don't need to compare your struggles with anyone else's. Um, But I think it's just all about what you make of it.
0: Hmm. So were you still like dealing with depression when you were in Europe at that time? Or were you pretty much like going strong once you landed, once you got there?
1: Oh, I was absolutely. There were so many moments where I was sad and there were so many moments where I was anxious, but... I I mean, I still had my community back at home and so I would FaceTime with people or I would, yeah. I would get a message from someone at the exact moment mm. I needed a message because I was feeling discouraged. Mm. And so, yeah, I think I was dealing with that, but I was journaling a lot at that time and I was reading a lot and I was really trying to take my time in Europe, especially the first month um, of being by myself, of just really learning a lot about me Mm-hmm. And when I was feeling anxious, anxious or scared, I was like really trying to dive into that and journal and get to the bottom of those feelings.
0: Mm-hmm. I have to pee. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So after so Europe was supposed to be a three week trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember being like, you're coming home soon. And you were like, psych. <laughs> and you actually extended your trip. So what what kind of happened there? Why did you extend it?
1: That's a great question. I don't know. I just kind of kept going. I Well, from three weeks, I had kind of made a decision before I left that I was going to go for a little bit longer. And then my friend Jillian was like, hey, you're going to be traveling. Can I come and join you for part of it? And I was like, oh, my gosh, please. That would Mm. be amazing because I was still so scared to travel solo. Mm. And I actually had a few people who were supposed to be traveling with me. In total, six people actually booked flights or maybe it was seven people booked flights. Two
0: people actually ended up coming, but that many people booked wow. flights to come and join me. Is it because you were Europe. staying in like hostels and stuff that they were like, no thanks or what? No, it was um kind of just drama, honestly. Wow. And
1: I think it ended up I don't know if I I don't know if it's God, I don't know if it's fate, I don't know if it's the universe, whatever you wanna call it, but I think that it was such the right decision and it was so beneficial for me Mm. that these people didn't come. So I think it was just kind of the right thing that could have happened. Um, But essentially... I missed my flight back and Jillian had already booked her flights to come and meet me when I was in Spain. So I had a few weeks to, you know, play with after all of the stuff I had already booked was done. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of was figuring it out and I had no idea what I was doing. And I was definitely <laughs> a little stressed and I was like, how do you make friends? Like I would literally give myself a little pep talk and Aww. I would just be like, okay, Lauren, like just go up, And talk to them. You're a fun girl. People will like you. You are
0: so pretty. Look at those eyes. Yeah,
1: like you banter. Like just go up and talk to people. And if they don't want to talk to you, then you probably didn't want to hang out with them anyway. So I would have to like boost myself Mm. up. And now I'm like, I'll talk to anyone kind of thing yeah um but yeah it was so terrifying for me at first people are like how would you do it and I'm like well it wasn't like it was a walk in the park I would be like shaking in my boots yeah um or whatever I was wearing you know beforehand (laughs) and so then I did that and then Jillian came and she was with me for a few weeks and we did um Spain and Morocco and Portugal and Iceland together and then it was like oh I could go back but I was Loving it while I was mm. traveling solo. Like, I was loving the self exploration. Mm. And I also was like, well, if I go back, I have to get a job. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, why n- might as well keep going? Right. And so then my cousin, who I hadn't seen in like 15 years or something oh, wow. crazy, was like, hey, I see that you're in Europe. Can I come and join along? Mm. And of course, I haven't seen you in so long. So she joined me in Germany. And then we did Germany and Prague together. Wow. And then I spur of the moment, like had checked out of Prague and she had decided to go to Vienna. I was like, should I go to Vienna? And then people were like, go to Poland. And I was like, Poland? All right. Like, I kind of want to go to Auschwitz. So I guess I'll spur of the moment, take like a seven hour bus ride to Poland and then got there and then Poland ended up being one of the funnest places I've ever visited. Um, And then I just kept going. And then I didn't even book a flight home until... Um, my friends do this annual Friendsgiving, and they had planned it, and they had picked a date, and I had originally wanted to be in Europe a little bit longer, but I didn't know... Again, I'm very bad at researching before, because I feel like it's really hard to find information that you need. I didn't know what the Schengen was, as stupid as that might sound, or if you don't know what that is... I don't is know either. what it is, okay. yeah. Um, I was a, like, so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> no, but I... Everyone who I met there, they were like, "Uh, you don't know what the Schengen is. It's essentially a territory, a part of Europe. It's not the EU. It's a lot of it's overlapping, though, but it's this like territory. So when you're within the Schengen area, like countries are a part of this within Mm. Europe. Um, You don't have to kind of go through customs. You're just a part of this. But you can as a non-citizen, you can only be in the Schengen for 90 days within a six month period. Hmm. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm reaching my 90 days and so I was like okay like I was thinking of going to Israel because I haven't been in so long I was thinking of all these things yeah and then they had planned this friendsgiving and I was like or I really miss my Mm. friends I'd love to be home for the holidays like I could just surprise them so that's what I ended up doing and so I last minute booked a flight out of Paris and then I I had like A month, essentially, before I was coming home. And so I just kind of hopped around Europe catching buses here Mm -hmm. and there and going to different countries.
0: Then you came home for like Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm.
1: So I was in Europe for 100 days and then exactly, Mm -hmm. actually. And then I came home and I was home for a few months, um, Thanksgiving and Christmas. um, And then
0: I one night just booked a trip to Africa. And you stayed there for five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. And was that like the most dangerous place that you've been to?
1: Well, Africa is huge, so as a whole, no. I mean, after so many really safe parts of Africa, it's amazing, um, it's so beautiful, there's so many different cultures to learn about there. Um, but Johannesburg, I would say, is for me the most dangerous place. Mm maybe it's the most dangerous I've ever felt. Like the most Mm. in danger I've ever felt. Mm. Um, I still honestly felt pretty fine, but a lot of people I know in the hostels and different places got mugged and, um, like you're not gonna, you don't want to just not know where you're going. And I never have a phone plan. Really. I kind Mm. of just piggyback off of other people who do or figure it out as I go. Um, but in Johannesburg, I did that too. And, you just do not want to end up in a train station and not know how you're getting back to your hostel or accommodation. So, Were you there on
0: accident or you wanted to go there? No, I wanted to
1: go there because that's how you get to Kruger National Park, which is like the biggest national park um, in Africa to do safaris in. Mm. And so I wanted to do that. So I knew it was dangerous, but again, I kind of, I like the challenge. Yeah,
0: Yeah. So what's kind of one of the things that, well, first... Can you explain, like, hostels? Because I think it has, like, a really bad, like, for me, when you first, like, because I was going to go and try to, like, meet you in Italy. And I was like, oh, that would be so fun. Like, I don't, you know, I just graduated. I don't have a job. I can go meet you in Italy. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, you know, I can either (laughs) be that girl that's, like, going to pretend to be down for whatever and then, like, cry myself to sleep every Mm -hmm. night or just be honest with, like, that's not how I want to do Italy. Like, I don't think I could stay in hostels and, like, have a, I don't even like carrying a purse around. Never mind, like a backpack with all my stuff. Absolutely. Explain, explain that.
1: Explain (laughs) hostels. So I think there's a lot of things in life that have a misconno, like a bad connotation when it's really not true. People see the movie Hostel and think hostels are like that. You guys, hostels are not like that I've had the most amazing showers in hostels I've had down comforters I've had like the best mattresses Mm. like you can get private rooms if you want they're so clean Mm. like I mean you can you can stay at janky hostels but there's this magical app called hostel world and there's other things like that and it's rated and So many backpackers are amazing at rating hostels good or bad. Mm. So you can see the ratings. You know if it's easy to meet people there. You know what the bathroom situation's like. You know how close it is to everything. And hostels provide you with so much knowledge Mm. on what activities you should do. And they always have the best rates Mm. for activities. So it's such a fun atmosphere. There's normally like a bar scene or a restaurant there. Um, they're so, oh, they're cute. They're adorable. Hostels are, I don't care if I have a million dollars. I love staying at hostels. And I think everybody should at least give it a chance. My saying is always this, don't knock it until you try it. Like at least, and I mean that for everything. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like don't, at least don't knock it unless you've tried it. Maybe don't have an opinion on it, but don't say you wouldn't do it and don't, You know, talk negatively about Mm -hmm. it unless you've tried it because they're actually so safe. Like people get robbed in hotels all the time, but. I mean, people get robbed in hostels too. I Kim guess. Kim
0: Kardashian got robbed in a hotel. Who did? Kim Kardashian, exactly. In Paris with bodyguards. And I am
1: just like Kim Kardashian, so she's gonna
0: get robbed. I'm. I love how the Kardashians are mentioned in every single, <laughs> single podcast. podcast. Well, it's because we're podcasting with you. We know our audience. I just, I, I actually didn't realize how much I actually liked them until really? I started talking I about them how all much the time. Love them. My gosh, I really like them. Like I thought everyone liked them, and then I realized it's like a thing. Anyways, um, okay. So how much are like hostels? They're pretty cheap, right? Sometimes. I mean,
1: um, I'm probably gonna be staying at a hostel when I go to Yosemite in a couple weeks, and it's thirty dollars a night. Oh, cool. Hostels in America are expensive. That's a lot to me. The hostels I was staying at in Eastern Europe were like ten dollars. Well, night. like
0: a cheap hotel is still like a hundred.
1: Yeah, at least. Yeah, like 100 150. But if you think about it, let's say you're going with a friend, it's mm-hmm. thirty dollars per person, right?
0: But yeah. So what is something that you feel like nobody would really guess that you, because it's kind of easy. It's like the common questions when you come back from a trip of like, what did you learn? What was the best part? Right. Mm-hmm. And there's these like almost like the right answers that you probably give or that you have in the back of your head. Or like, yeah, this whatever. So what is something that you feel like you learned or you took away from these experiences that no one would ever guess that is like very deep for you that you learned personally through this whole experience? <sighs>
1: There's so many. Uh, The first thing that comes to my head, and this might not be personal enough so you can um, ask me again after. um, But the biggest thing I learned in Africa is being a minority is hard. And I know that Mm. might sound so silly, but I'm a white woman. I've really never been a minority. I mean, Mm. where I grew up, I kind of was. But again, I was homeschooled. So I wasn't around that many kids and people and stuff but um I was going from Zimbabwe to Tanzania I was the only white person Mm. in my plane like I'm not kidding you I was the only white person Mm. like even that could be remotely called white and or Caucasian or whatever you want to call it Mm. and that is hard Mm. you feel at least I felt and I think people who are minorities in America might be able to relate I felt not understood I felt um, in a way like I, I didn't feel like anyone would have my back. Mm-hmm. I constantly felt like my communication wasn't making sense, even though uh, most people in Africa speak English like they don't always understand me because I have a very strong you know American accent, right. and they're not used to that. And so I have never, when I would see someone who looked remotely like me, I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I'm mm. gonna cling to this person." Yeah. Or as much as I could, like when jumping on a ferry from um, Dar Salaam in Tanzania to um, Zanzibar, the island, I just like clung to the people who remotely looked like me mm. that I found because I was like, "They're gonna understand me more than anyone else." And all we want is to be understood. Mm. That truly is just a human need and desire to be understood I think and I gained such a different perspective because you know I've always been someone who celebrates minorities and of course but I was always like oh my gosh why do we have to see differences like we're really (laughs) all the same like we're Mm -hmm. all created equal like we're all the same why do people make a big deal about like black lives matter of course they matter why wouldn't they matter but now I get it it's Mm. like and, and I was still coming from a place of privilege because I was a white person there. So right. people were coming on the street asking to take photos with me just oh, because wow. I was literally a white person. I'm yeah. not kidding. Mm. And so it was like, I was still coming at it from this place of privilege, whereas other minorities, people, you know, are looking down on them because they don't look the same. Mm. And it, it made me understand more like, no, we have to say like black lives matter because everything around them is telling them that their lives don't matter Mm. as much as other people's, as much as white people's or whatever. Mm. And it gave me such more understanding of what they go through, Mm. of what minorities go through in America and all around the world, especially in mostly um, English speaking and, and white dominated areas. And it gave me, um, I don't know, just, yeah, better perspective and more of a desire to celebrate people's differences and, you know, celebrate movies like Black Panther. (laughs) I would hear people be like, well, they only made that movie because they just want it, you know, like black people in it. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, there should be black superheroes. So little kids have someone that looks just like Mm. them to look up to. And I know we're going off tangent now and I know it's getting political, sorry. (laughs) But I think that is really something that, took me by surprise in Africa as I've never felt really like a minority. Mm. And even though it wasn't in the same way as a lot of minorities feel it, it gave me such um, a love mm. for celebrating people's differences and wanting, you know, them to be represented in every media facet and in every way of life.
0: Mm. That's cool. That is like a unique thing to learn. I was surprised when you said that.
1: Yeah. So it was just really cool. And you also just learn, oh my gosh, I learned so much through traveling more than, I think I learned throughout all my years of being homeschooled and being in high mm. school and being in college yeah. um, because you get to see things firsthand and it makes learning it, you actually retain it mm-hmm. uh, better and yeah, it's been so interesting, like learning about the political systems and, and why economy is the way it is in certain countries and, um, why, you know, unite, you know, universal healthcare works some places and maybe why it might not work other places or how maybe to make it successful other places and, and different things like that. I feel like I've just learned so much in that regard and still have so much to learn, but at least feel more knowledgeable than I was before. Yeah,
0: because those experiences are experiences that some people never ever have in their entire life. Absolutely. So one thing that I heard a lot when you were gone um, from friends of friends, there was always this like underlining tone. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but there'd be people that would say, oh, so like Lauren's been gone for a really long time. Yeah, like how how is she able to do that? I don't know, but there was always this like tone of like, what the actual fuck? Like, how is she (laughs) able? And like, I mean, I I get it for people who work, you know, like, like eight to five and have these jobs and all this stuff. It's Mm -hmm. like, how are you able to just take a year off and freaking travel? And like, there's jealousy to that. Um, What's like your response to those people or to people who kind of have this like, because I'm sure you got it. I'm sure people have unfollowed you on Instagram. I'm sure that there's been people who have like said kind of things of like, just at the end of the day, it's jealousy. You know, it, it really is Um, a lack of
1: understanding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so what's wanting that and not
1: knowing how to attain it maybe.
0: What's your response to them? Um, I would say,
1: well, how do you afford that house you have? Or how do you afford that Michael Kors purse you have? Mm -hmm. Or how do you afford $16 avocado toast Mm -hmm. multiple times a week or Starbucks every day? Mm -hmm. Everyone makes a choice on what they want to spend money on. And some people, I mean, it depends on what you make, but I think if you're determined to do it, you can take things out of your life in order to make way for other things. It really just comes down to priorities, and I also just—I mean, I'm—I did really well at house. Yeah. <laughs> so I so you'd money saved money, save money, not to travel. I wasn't expecting to do that. It was just kind of was saving money for maybe a house one day or just because I don't need to spend it on designer clothes. Like that's not really, I mean, I like nice things, but I don't know. It's not that important to me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I just kind of used all that I had saved within my dispendable
0: savings on traveling. Which is like super frowned upon.
1: In this culture, absolutely. If you ask people in pretty much any other country (laughs) they would think you are insane for not traveling. Like mm. everybody takes a gap year. It's just what you do in other cultures. We are the different ones where it's like, oh, and then you graduate high school and then you immediately go to college. And then if after college, you need to get your master's, you get your master's. Or you just immediately go into work. And it's like other cultures don't do that. And you miss so much and about The world by doing that, and I hope in this day and age it seems like more people are opening up their minds and their you know eyes to traveling and that becoming more accessible. And I'm hoping to build ways you know and help facilitate that as well. But yeah, I think it's it's just in our culture that that's so important or frowned upon to to take a year off when in reality I think I've learned more about myself and other cultures than I think would have ever been possible and honestly what did I miss here maybe I missed you were at my birthday party so not much exactly (laughs) like what did I really miss I did and maybe I missed income for a year and putting a little bit more into my 401k but I wasn't paying rent and I mean it's a year of my life and I'm I just gained so much experience and I've done so many things that I think so many people want to do. And I just think a lot of people regret, you know, when they look back at their life, they go, Oh, I wish I traveled more when I was mm-hmm. younger. Right. Once you're settled, you're settled. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you and your husband both decide together and your kids, you know, like the bucket list family, which right. I absolutely follow. And you go and do that, but that life is really hard and not for everyone. Right. Um, and it's hard to facilitate. So yeah, I just kind of decided to do it and yeah. I prioritized it.
0: Cause that, that behavior, like you said, it's like, for Americans or for I guess people in Orange County I don't know mm-hmm. like it's seen as irresponsible like you were really irresponsible with your year like you should have a b c d U, f g whatever mm-hmm. and that's kind of the culture that we live in which kind of brings me to like the idea of like the system that we have here right like you mentioned it you go to college you get a bachelor's and if you can you get a master's you get a good job you get married at, by 30 god forbid not get married by 30 because then you're just a complete failure and right. then you have kids and then you I buy guess a house I'm a failure. <laughs> but that's what it right like yeah. I mean that is what's ingrained in our head um and it's just interesting to me because now not to call you out but now you're doing it because now you're back and now you're applying for jobs Mm -hmm. so you had an opportunity to get out of the system that we both kind of say like kind of sucks but you're back and now you're applying for jobs so like what made you want to come back to this system and kind of follow that like that trend again absolutely well
1: For one, I have an amazing community here. And I think while away, like there was times of loneliness, even though I was meeting so many different people um, and incredible people that I'm still talking to and hoping to meet up with at different times, um, you know, throughout the world. I value when I think about what I want my life to be like in five years. Well, I mean, I want to be married, you know, if it's the right person. I don't want to just get married. I want him to be Epic.
0: Um, right. yeah. but
1: you know, when I do want to build for my future and I do have responsibilities at home. I need to make sure my family's okay. Like and I want to, you know, my family that already exists, my yeah. mom and nieces and nephew and sister and everything. And um I do hold that responsibility and I I take pride in that and I I want to build a future for myself as well. And I think that I can implement travel throughout the rest of my life, especially now having you know, done so much this past year, and it doesn't scare me as much now. Um, and hopefully, you know, I can, I always want to keep that a part of my life. So I don't think it needs to be either one or the other. I mm. think I can just integrate both of them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, a society where, You want to better yourself and you are working towards something and you are planning for your future. I'm not against that. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it needs to be your entire life where we're always planning Mm -hmm. for the next phase of life. Why not enjoy this part of our life? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm in my 20s still. Right. Like, that is so young Mm -hmm. and right now we think it's old just like when we were 15 we thought oh my gosh I'm already 15 it's like (laughs) babe you were 15 okay like chill out you don't need a boyfriend yet you don't need manicures every day you don't need urban decay palette (laughs) you know but I mean and so I don't know I think it's just enjoying the the part of life that you're in now and realizing what you want and I want to build a future here where I can still travel to other countries but I am blessed with an amazing community and I don't need to go build a new community that's just going to completely replace this one across the world when I have people here who are unlike anyone else I've ever
0: met and they're my family. Mm. So it's kind of about like being a little bit flexible. So like it's okay, like this American dream, I'll call it like it's okay to have that. But like there's some people that are very rigid about like, it has, to, we have to do it right. You have to do it correct. You have to do it a spe- specific way. You know, if you're going to get your bachelor's, it should be right after high school and, right. and this very rigid way of looking at it. And you're kind of saying like, if you want to take a year off and like chill the fuck out for a minute, like yeah, it's okay. You, should.
1: <laughs> you learn so much more about yourself and other people and it gives you more of an appreciation for your time in college and for your experience at your job. But I will say this and not to get political again, but in other countries, the reason why it is easier is because you're not paying for college typically, Mm -hmm. or at least not what we pay here. I happen to get scholarships um, and, you know, had financial aid. And I also have been working since I was 15, literally 30 to 40 hours a week. And I've just been a workaholic my entire life. So yeah I took time off and I'm so grateful And that was really hard for me it is yeah. so hard for me to relax mm. like I even I always say this I'm the busiest unemployed person I know like or other people say that to me like it's honestly nonstop because I'm not good at just slowing down Um, and that forced me to slow down a little mm-hmm. bit even though I went to however many like 20 countries in the course of 100 days which isn't really slowing down but It was for me. Yeah, that
0: was like (laughs) relaxing for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I laid on the beach and like didn't have like service on my phone and that sometimes you just have to get away to get away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like there was ever a time when you were traveling that you were supposed to be further along in life than you were or that like there was any insecurities of like, gosh, like any like guilt of like, oh my gosh, I'm traveling and you know, I should be maybe working or anything like that?
1: Absolutely, I think we all kind of, to go to touch back on this point, I think we all kind of compare and we see the highlight reel. and, yeah, I mean, I was in Zanzibar, which is a beautiful island mm. in Tanzania. um and I was just sunbathing on a beautiful beach, <laughs> crying my eyes out. I'm mm. talking like ugly girl crying mm. because I was homesick, but in a way I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I even out here traveling? Like I should be, my friends are buying houses. I should Mm -hmm. be buying houses. My friends are getting married. I should be getting married. My friends are going to do yoga on a helipad together. I should be with them doing (laughs) yoga on a helipad together. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so I was just like, I'm not investing in my 401k right now. I am, I've just gotten a whole year where I haven't made a dime. Mm. Like, what am I doing? I'm starting fresh. How am I going to explain this to future employers? I mean, I was downward mm. spiraling. And I, I'm i a very vocal person and I verbally process. And I had met these guys um from Norway and I wasn't like going into my whole thing and crying to them about it, (laughs) but they had brought something up and I was just like, yeah, I just feel kind of silly right now. Like why am I spending all this money to be alone? Essentially, Mm -hmm. like I'm meeting people here, but these aren't, these aren't my people. Right. Like, these aren't the people who I've invested so much time in. So they essentially kind of just questioned me on this and gave me a different perspective. And we're like, well, why is that stuff so important to you? I mean, do you want to be married right now? Do you want a house right now? Like you could do all those things. Is that what you want right now? And I was like, well, not necessarily. I really like where I'm at in life and I really like everything that I'm doing. But when I look at their Instagram or when I get these text messages from them or these snaps from them, You know, it's hard not to compare and it's like, well, they're probably comparing themselves to you Mm -hmm. and they're probably at home with their mortgage and their kids that are crying (laughs) thinking, oh my gosh, why am I not on a beach in Zanzibar right now?
0: Riding a camel in
1: Morocco or playing, you know, going on a safari and playing with baby lion cubs. And I was like, you're so right. We're doing this thing where we're just constantly like what I was saying earlier with social media, essentially the way... I mean, the world started and everything. We all used to be a part of, well, like our great, 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 great ancestors were like, there were tribes of 200 people, right? So there was always someone who was the best at something. Mm-hmm. There was the corn gatherer. There was the person who weaved baskets. There was the person who took care of the kids. There was the person who cooked, you know, there was all these different people, the welders and the people who made the wooden bowls and everything like that. They weren't consistently comparing themselves to people who were in other villages. And that actually Mm. still exists Mm. in Africa. And I actually had a chance to see that and stay there firsthand during a random experience when I had to walk from Zimbabwe to Zambia because there was no cash. Um, (laughs) Another story for another time. But um, essentially we're doing this thing where we're comparing and it's just not fair to ourselves. And Mm -hmm. it's not fair to the other people because we're not supposed to be comparing ourselves to the best of the best out there. Because again, we're just seeing, we're just seeing the best and Mm -hmm. we're not seeing everyone else in the mix. There's Mm -hmm. how many billions of people in the world. And so maybe that's good for them. And that's what they're doing right now because that's their story. And that's great if they're able to buy a house and they have 2.5 kids and they've got the most well-behaved dog but we have no idea actually what goes on in their life outside of that and I promise you it's not perfect and that mortgage is hard and they're stressed about their job and you know I have this opportunity to really just dive into where I'm at right now and to learn as much about other cultures and myself as possible. And if I rob myself of that by constantly comparing myself and being like, I'm not living up to the American standard, I am robbing myself of this incredible opportunity and what life has presented to me right now. And I just had to consistently make a conscious effort to not do that. And now that I'm back here and I'm applying to jobs, there's a little bit of me who's like, am I selling out? Mm. But I'm not selling out I'm just moving on to a different phase of life. And if after a little bit of time I find a different phase of life that finds me, as long as I'm staying true to me mm-hmm. and I'm constantly asking myself, Lauren, is this what you want and is this what is best for you right now? And my answer is yes, mm. then I'm doing the right thing.
0: Mm. I think to kind of go back on, you know, I can't tell you how many people kind have said to me, like, oh, you're, you know, you don't understand because you got married young. Um, -hmm. when they talk about like doing things in life and stuff like that. And I get really offended by that because it's like, there's this idea that once you're married, all is well, like you got married and you have a master's and you're a therapist now. And like, you're, you know, so like, what do you have to complain about? Like, what's your problem? Yeah. And it's like, I love my husband and I did get really lucky that I was able to get married, you know, at 24 and, and find someone so, so soon, but like, like that doesn't mean that sometimes I'm like, gosh, should I get married too young or like should I, have you know, moved to L.A. and worked at Ryan Seacrest, you know, iHeartRadio and like done that because I still mm-hmm. like sometimes it's hard for me to even listen to Ryan on the radio because sometimes I'm thinking like, gosh, I could totally have Tanya's job. Like I would love Tanya's job. Yeah. And I just didn't take those steps at the time, you know, to even try to get her job. And I have a good job right now. And I yeah. still question, did I make the right decision? Did I go the right direction? I don't doubt my marriage. That's the only thing I don't doubt. I love my <laughs> husband. But, you know, it's funny that like people kind of assume like once you're married and you own a home and you have your kids and you have your dog, then like all is well. And you just like continue living your life. And it's like that is not like that is so far from the truth that like any you're at in your life, you're going to doubt where you are. Mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing and maybe like there's some points better than others and things like that but for the most part like no one's ever going to be in a place in their life where I like where they're like I'm good this is exact like I feel like there's always going to be doubt of should I be traveling when they own a home and then when they're traveling should I be owning a home you know there's always going to be that that question
1: and I I would challenge a little bit of that I would agree with you and I guess the part I would challenge is when you said, I was so lucky to get married young. Mm -hmm. Why is that lucky? Because
0: I think that it was, I met Eric at a time that I felt like was a good time for me. Uh Um, And I think that I've been lucky to be able to spend so many years with someone that I love. um, Because if I would have met him at 40 or 50, my time with him would be shorter, I guess. So I Mm -hmm. feel lucky to be able to spend a majority of my life with the person that I feel like is, like quote unquote, perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I, I guess I
1: would say, you can look at it that way of where you're constantly kind of being like, well, should I be at a different place in life? And I think we do that out of insecurities or, um, yeah, I would say insecurities. I do that too, or. You know, I think the mentality of wanting to constantly do something more, I think that's great because I think it kind of motivates us to keep going or else we would just be stagnant and What? why would we have a reason to get a master's if we weren't constantly Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I could do this. I think that's Mm -hmm. a really good driving factor. But I guess I wouldn't say, because people would be like, oh my gosh, Lauren, you're so lucky that you've gotten to travel. Well, no, I I gave myself this opportunity based on a lot of horrible things that happened in my life. Mm -hmm. um, And I facilitated this. So I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, anyone's lucky to meet their person at a specific age, because I think what you just make of your life is, is that like if just because I have, I'm 28 and I'll be 29 this year, I'm not unlucky that I haven't met my person yet. And I'm going to spend a little bit less years with them because the things that I'm doing in my life now are so they're part of my journey and they're so crucial as to who I'm going to be and who I am. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's kind of just actively every day. you know, self-talking and, um, you know, as maybe cheesy as this sounds, but just being like, no, where I'm at right now is where I'm supposed to be at right now. And it's that thing of trying your hardest to not compare because that saying comparison is the thief of joy is so true. And one person isn't necessarily luckier than someone else or even, even if you weren't trying to compare there it just in case someone else might or like I took it as that, right? I'm like, well, am I unlucky because I didn't meet My husband
0: and I'm not married yet. I think the word, and that's a good point. I think the word "lucky" is very like subjective to Mm -hmm. like what you were saying earlier. Everyone kind of values different things. Like if you value avocado toast, you're gonna spend sixteen dollars on it, right? Right. Um, And if you value like traveling, then you're if you live in Orange
1: County because it's really your only (laughs) option.
0: (laughs) Or if you value like traveling, you're gonna Mm -hmm. spend your money on traveling. I think for me, I've Always, my parents had a really horrible marriage. And I think for me personally, I always, and anyone who knows me before I got married knows, you always wanted to get married. Like that was something I really valued. And not because society told me that, and not because I was like, I need to get married by 30, but more of like, I feel like lucky is the word I'll use for my personal life just because that was my something that I valued. Like, mm. I hope that I find my husband soon because that, like, being married to someone that I love and that I get to, like, spend the rest of my life with is something I value in my life. I consider myself lucky to accomplish that for myself. Yeah. But not necessarily in the general sense of, like, it's lucky. Does that make sense? Like, this yeah, broad totally. term? Um, Because some people don't value marriage at all. Like, some right. people are super down to be single forever and, like, that's rad, too, you know? Exactly and I
1: think um like people do this thing where yeah I guess it's what we've been talking about of holding each other and ourselves to specific standards and specific markers that maybe we marked for ourselves. I mean, if you look back at my journals from when I was 8 years old, I was going to be married when I was 22. I was going to have my first <laughs> kid when I was 24 because I wanted at least a year of marriage where we didn't have kids, you know, to travel and stuff. And then I was going to have my second kid by 27 and then my third by 29. By the time I was 31, I was going to have four kids and I was going to have bought a house by then, mm-hmm. right? So We've got these markers, then it's easy to not feel successful mm-hmm. um, or to not feel like where you should feel in right. life when you had set these markers for yourself or your parents set markers for you or you feel society has or the Christian school you mm-hmm. went to or your friends or just what you see in the media. But I think it's like what you said about what's important for you and and just going for that. I mean, of course I want to get married. I love having a partner in crime to do things with. I think that's so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned to adapt from that because I'm not married yet. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to let my life be any less Amazing. I'm actually going to try and facilitate even more amazing experiences. Why I have this unique opportunity to be single and not have to worry about where my finances are going and how it affects someone else and where I go at night and if I have to report home to someone. I want to really appreciate this time and I think that's so hard for us to do in our culture Mm -hmm. because again we're seeing so many people's lives in front of us and we're seeing their highlight reel but you weren't crazy for getting married young um you weren't crazy for getting your master's and for doing all of that that's your story and it's it's leading to things that you've wanted when you were a little kid and if you were to tell 13 year old Vanessa where you are in life right now Thirteen-year-old Vanessa would be stoked. You married the man of your dreams. You got your master's. You're you already have a job. You're working your way up, um, in you know to be a therapist and and maybe to have your own practice one day. Who knows what life has in store for you? You have a beautiful town home. Like you're getting a dog soon. If you were to tell thirteen-year-old Vanessa this. 13-year-old Vanessa would be like, well, what do I have to be upset about? I'm the Mm -hmm. luckiest girl in the world, Mm -hmm. right? But because now we're older, we're doing this thing where we're like, well, now we want this, or we're comparing ourselves to the other 25-year-old or 28-year-old who has this, and we're going, well, is my success less success because I don't have what they have? Mm -hmm. And we're robbing ourselves so much, and it's so hard to do And I don't know a solution to it other than maybe the cheesy saying of, positive self-talk and just constantly trying to remind yourself of that and be appreciative of what you got but I think it's something that kind of um kind of affects everyone
0: yeah and I think too like not to go totally off on this but it's funny because at 13 like I actually really, really wanted to be Ryan Seacrest and work at E oh, OK. <laughs> and so it's funny because if I actually did read that back to me at 13, I'd actually be really bummed.
1: Really? And so it's...
0: Well, then when did you decide you wanted to, like, get married and that was, Probably like, in high school. In high school. Mm, probably, like, senior, like, senior year vanguard. I started to, like, really value relationships. Um, but, like, when I was really younger, I used to, like, pretend to be, like, Ryan Seacrest and hold a mic and, like, interview my family. And, like, I really... And not that I didn't... Not that I couldn't be married at the same time doing that, but yeah, I was career- like, "Why can't you do that now?" Yeah, like I mean, career- you're essentially
1: doing that. You're podcasting. You are right.
0: Step you one, are right <laughs> right now. you know, in a lesser scale. Um, but lesser my point, who? my point is that like all of us, when it comes down to it, we all, in some degree, have to grieve the expectation that we that we thought our life was going to look a certain way, and even if that's slightly like, "Oh, I live in Irvine instead of." orange whatever you know it's like even if it's a little bit we're all kind of Mm -hmm. in this like different area of life where we're grieving like oh life isn't what I thought it was and I think the core of like this conversation is like that's okay that doesn't mean you failed that doesn't mean that you're wrong that doesn't mean that you should be shamed or like unfollowed on Instagram or like anything like that because it's we're all kind of just on a different track like I don't want kids anytime soon you know but it's like some people do so it's everyone is just so different and I think we need to value that more as a society um, and lift others up when their life doesn't look the way it should so or the way you they think it should or you think it should or whatever exactly so, well, I appreciate you being so vulnerable and coming on here. I say that to everyone because I feel like people really are vulnerable and they come on here. Um, well, we're talking candidly and I didn't rehearse this. So, yeah, it is vulnerable. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I think a lot of people will appreciate to hear kind of like the background of, of your travel and your life and what kind of went on behind the scenes of all the cool photos you have on Instagram. So, <laughs> well, thank for you sharing for sharing that. that. And thanks everyone for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to make sure you capture the next episode.